0: Our story continues with Chapter 4 of The Curse. Alicia Brooks had a dream. There were many things mixed together in her dream, but the thread of one thing stayed with her when she awoke on a Wednesday morning. She immediately thought of Helen and Dan. Both of them had given Alicia their cell phone numbers. They had even gotten Alicia a cell phone of her own, and Helen put her on her plan whatever that meant. It had taken time to get used to the thing, but Helen had programmed Dan's cell number and her cell number into Alicia's phone. The phone was in the drawer of her nightstand by her bed. There was a typed piece of paper with it outlining how to turn on the phone, how to make a call, what buttons to push if she had an emergency, and what numbers to push if she wanted to call Dan or Helen. Helen suggested that Alicia should call her, not Dan, because of his work, unless it was something she had to discuss immediately with him. Alicia opened the drawer and took out the phone and the paper. She followed the instructions and pushed the right numbers. The phone rang. A male voice answered, Hello? Dan never answered with his name. Wrong numbers happened. Given his line of work, he maintained secrecy. Is, is this Dan? An old woman's voice asked. Alicia, Mrs. Brooks, it's me, Dan. Are you all right? The concern in his voice was very real. Oh, dear, yes, I'm all right, but I remembered something. What is it? A conversation from long ago. I was in my bedroom after Richard disappeared. I heard my parents speaking in their bedroom. They were talking about my grandparents. Apparently, they had received a sum of money from an unknown source. There was no way to know who had authorized the check. I think it was for thousands of dollars. I don't remember how much it totaled. There was no letter with it to explain why the money was given to them. My father said that the check had his parents' names on it. I think it was from a bank in England. Oh, I'm sorry, but that would be in British pounds, wouldn't it? Anyway, the check had been mailed from Egypt. It was a mystery. I had a dream last night, and this is what I remembered this morning. It's like when you're old. You can't remember what you had for dinner yesterday, but recall things that are positively ancient. Mrs. Brooks? Alicia? Yes, Alicia, do you want me to call Helen? Are you sure you are all right? Dan asked. Would you please? I'm all right, but I'm not very good at using this phone. Please tell her that I'm thinking about her. I hope this is of some help. Of course, I will call her right away. Thank you. I can't promise it will come to anything, but if it does, I will let you know immediately. I hope to see you soon. Have a good day. Thank you, Dan, Alicia said. I'll look forward to seeing the two of you when you have the time. Goodbye, Alicia. Goodbye. Dan sat at his desk for a long moment he would call Helen in a few minutes. He thought about what Alicia Brooks had said. A check from England mailed from Egypt. The year 1923 was so long ago. How could anyone expect to find financial information from that time? He did not have the name of the bank and how would he ever find out where in England it was located or if any record of the transaction had been made? How would he find out that the check had been cashed or what the amount was? It was impossible. The whole thing had taken on a life of its own. Dan decided to sit down with his chief. Supervisory Special Agent Marcus Anderson liked Special Agent Daniel Edmondson for his work ethic, intelligence, character, and determination. Dan, he said after hearing the full story, I see why this is fascinating. There's a mystery here, and we all like mysteries, as long as we can solve them. What do you want me to do? How can we find out where a check written on a bank in England in 1923 to an American couple named Fenner came from? Do you think there's even a way to track down this information? Dan asked. I have no idea, but to start with, I'll need... The first and last names of the couple. I'll take this from there. I have a contact over there. We're in the same line of work, so to speak. If I find out anything, I'll let you know immediately. He paused, smiling. Have you popped the question yet? Anderson asked. Everybody's asking me. Does it show that much? In the movies, they call it love. You have it all over your face. "'whenever you talk to her on the phone. "'She has to be the one, "'or this is quite an infatuation you've got going here. "'Sir, you'll be the second person to know "'when I ask her to marry me, I promise. "'Who'll be the first? "'Helen,' Dan said, smiling at his chief. "'A week passed, and Supervisory Special Agent Anderson "'called Dan to his office. "'The check was in the amount of 5,000 English pounds, "'a tidy sum,' as they might say, for those times. It was a check from a law firm in London. No reason can be found for issuing the check. The law firm still exists. It has many wealthy Brits among its clientele. The fact that I was able to find this out at all is something of a miracle. I won't go into why. That's all we'll probably discover. Sorry, that's the best I can do. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. We may have come to the real end of the trail. If I know anything about you at all, I suspect that's not true. I give up isn't part of your vocabulary. That's why you work for me. Mine either. Let me know if you discover anything else. The case intrigues me, too. Yes, sir, Dan nodded. May I ask one more thing? Is it possible to find out who the clients of that law firm happen to be? "'That could be very difficult, Dan. "'I understand, sir, but perhaps an inquiry "'would come from your contact in England "'if it was worded in such a way that, shall we say, "'a rich individual was asking "'whether the firm was adequate for his needs, "'perhaps dropping a few names would be enough "'to stimulate new business from another person "'with a great deal of money.' "'Anderson laughed out loud. "'You're really something, Dan.' I love the way your mind works. Yes, that might be enough to elicit information. I'll run it by my contact. If he's willing to try it, perhaps we'll find out what we need to know. Thank you again, sir. A week went by. Dan's workload was piling up. Terrorism was front page all over the world, and the FBI was jeering up along with every other agency involved in American counterterrorism. Helen had her hands full as well. She was spending hours on her graduate thesis, and when she wasn't in the library or online, she was typing chapters, checking for errors, retyping and rereading it all for the umpteenth time. Both Dan and Helen were making calls to Alicia Brooks on opposite days. One of them found her mid-mornings and the other in mid afternoon The idea was to make her feel good about having friends in her life. She'd taken a real interest in them as well. She felt towards them like a grandmother, admittedly a very old grandmother would feel. In turn, relieving her loneliness was paramount. They talked about everything with her, and she loved to hear their young voices go on about what they were doing and about all the news they heard in their world. She was more alive in her mind and spirit than she had been in many years. Then Chief called him to the office on Monday of the following week. My contact decided to try your approach. It worked. He faxed me this list a few minutes ago. I promised that only you would see it and that I would destroy it immediately. Look it over. See if anything catches your eye. Apparently, this law firm is very well connected. There are some real heavyweights on their client list. Please look at it here, since I can't copy it, and I'm going to shred it after you read it. Dan took the list, sat down, and looked through it. It read like a who's who of British bluebloods. Halfway down the list, a name caught his eye. He felt his pulse quicken and his intuition began sounding alarm bells. It couldn't be. But it was. Dan thought he knew where that check had come from long ago. He looked up. Something told him not to mention what he had found until he could verify the truth. Thanks, sir. There really are some big people and companies on this list. Those guys must be making a ton of money. Yes, we chose the wrong line of work,' Anderson laughed. "'I couldn't agree more. Did you find anything?' "'No, but I saw some things that were interesting. "'You're not going to tell me after I went to bat for you?' "'No, sir. I didn't mean it that way. "'What I meant is that I had no idea "'that such famous people like that lived in Britain "'or that companies that big and well-known "'need law firms in London.' I guess I shouldn't be surprised. People and companies like them probably have law firms all over the place. I guess they really are a big deal. I don't think anyone on this list could be involved in this ancient story. If a company did it, it would have to have been sent around back in 1923. I would have to find out if the company existed then. The individuals on the list are alive now, too, and none of them go back to 1923. The real truth is this makes no sense at all. I'm sorry to have bothered you with it. I'm just trying to find some peace for an old woman I met. I like her a lot. She reminds me of my late grandmother. She's going to be a hundred years old. I promise I'll avoid bringing my private life to work from now on. You have enough on your plate, and so do I. Anderson said, Dan? One of the things they taught me in Management 101 is that we are to always be concerned about people's private lives, especially in this line of work. You're a fine, special agent with a real future. That's not going to change because you asked my help on this. I'm glad to help, and frankly, I like mysteries. That's why I do what I do. Figuring things out can be tiresome, but when it works, the rewards are fantastic. Now, both of us have stuff to do. If you find anything else that is helpful, let me know. Yes, sir, and thank you again.